Good morning. It was a really cool privilege being able to interview Mark Stewart. Um, I can't say that I, I was a little nervous interviewing and talking to him. Um, not that he's any more special, but I really appreciated his heart. Because I can't imagine going through something like that where you are singing, leading music, and doing things like that, and then you can't do it anymore. And what a disappointment that must have been for him. And I want to share that, that all of us, I'm sure, have went through times of disappointment. Things didn't work out the way we wanted them to. And we got discouraged about that. We got upset about that. We, we felt bad and, and, and just really questioned, why are you allowing this to happen to me, God? And so I want to talk about that today. And I want us to think about first, who's been disappointed throughout the Bible? And we could have a long list of people that have been disappointed throughout Scripture. Just to name a few, Moses. You think about Moses and his disappointment when he thought as a young guy that he was going to be this leader to deliver the, everybody, the Hebrew people from Egypt. And he thought he was going to be able to be this great person that would be able to take everybody out and deliver them. Only to find out it wasn't the right timing. And he leaves and he flees and he runs away. And then 40 years later, God calls him in a burning bush to say, hey, now's the time to go. You think about Job and all the things that he went through. Naomi, uh, what, a, what a great story of her life. That, that she had lost her husband, lost her two sons. And as we talked about last week, if you didn't have somebody to take care of you as a man in your family, you were destitute. You didn't have much. You just had to rely on other people to take care of you outside of your family, which is not a place you'd want to be. And yet God blesses her with Ruth in her life. After that great disappointment, God produces Ruth to be there to help her. And she's able to be restored and have keep her real estate and keep her name uh, because of Ruth. Jonah, who you think about Jonah and his life and about what he went through. His anger disappointed him. He was upset with God. He didn't understand why God would, would show great love and compassion for the people of Nineveh. And then also, uh, I remember that time when he was upset about, the, he was disappointed with the plant. He was disappointed with the vine. He was like, why are you dying on me? Don't die. I ruined my shade. And he got upset and he was very disappointed. Think about Peter and his disappointment. He didn't want Jesus to die. He didn't want Jesus to serve him in that way. He was very upset the fact that to think about Jesus letting, letting him be killed was not an option for Peter. And he didn't want to see that to happen. And he didn't want Jesus to serve him in any way. Even washing his feet, he refused and said, Jesus, I don't want you to wash my feet. And he had to realize and accept that Jesus wanted to serve him. And then there's so many other people that we could talk about they're in the Bible that we see these stories unfold and there's lots of disappointment that happens there. The definition of disappointment is this, sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hope or expectation. A lot of times we can have these expectations, we can have these things that we dream about and think about and we feel like God is in, like God has this big vision for us. And yet when it doesn't happen, we're, we're disappointed, we're disheartened, disheartened from that experience and we're upset about it. We can be very discouraged by why we, we don't understand why this didn't work out, why this didn't happen. And so we're looking at Joseph's life. And so in Genesis chapter 39, we're gonna start in Genesis chapter 39, verse one, and we'll read this. Uh, we'll stay in Genesis chapter 39, but we'll move around a little bit today. So in verse one, it says, now Joseph 
had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar, an, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard brought him from the Israelites who had taken him there. And I want to share this scripture really because I want you to kind of think about the fact that it's kind of setting a Joseph up again for another disappointment because he's kind of might be thinking, hey, wait a second, my vision is to have this position where I'm in control or I'm in a position of authority and maybe this is how it's going to happen because Potiphar is an official of Pharaoh and therefore maybe I will become noticed and I will be able to rise in the power that I have and the position I have. Only the later we find out there's another disappointment. Not only was he sold into slavery by his brothers in that disappointment, but another disappointment was on its way. This is what, not the big dream that God had given him. This is not the dream where his brothers and his family are coming to him for need and help and, 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 and looking at him and focusing on, in on him. So verse 2, let's look at this. It says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and then he entrusted to his care everything he owned. And I want you to think about this. And the thing that stands out to me in the verses that I just read to you is that the Lord was with you. The Lord was with Joseph. And I want to share this with you today, that no matter what disappointment that comes your way, just like Joseph being disappointed in the dream that he had, and this is not the dream, this is not where I thought I'd be, this is not the, the situation I thought I'd find myself in, that even in those disappointments, We should know this and understand that God is with us, that God has not left us, that God doesn't just abandon us. And that is the one of the things that's so hard sometimes that we need to be mindful of is just because something has disappointed us or discouraged us doesn't mean that our living God is not with us in every moment and every way to care for us and help us through that time of disappointment. God is still with you. And God was with Joseph. And sometimes you may be like, I want to be here. I feel like God is calling me over here. And God has given me this dream to do this thing. And yet you don't see that dream work out. You're not, you're not sure why you're here. You're not sure what you're doing in this moment. And you face discouragement. Of, why didn't this work out for me? God is still with you. God has never left you. God is right where he wants you to be, even when you don't understand, even when your expectations weren't met, God is still with you. Psalm 91, verse 1 through 3, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. So here's the thing that we could hope in and trust in. God is our shelter. God is our refuge. God is our fortress. We can go to him because he's the one that is watching over us. And and let me me tell you this. The dream is not the bigger thing. The, The idea of reaching that goal is not the bigger thing. It's in relationship with God is what the bigger thing should be. It is God with us and around us is what is important. 
Not so much about the dream, it's about you walking with God through that journey of the dream. No matter where that takes you, and no matter what disappointment you fall into, God is with you. God is with you. In the dark valley, he's with you. In the mountaintop, he's with you. God is still with you. And we should find rest, we should find hope, we should find rescue and restore and all these things that God is our fortress. He's the one that provides for us. Genesis chapter 39, verse 5. From that time on, he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. And the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had and both in his house and in his field, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern with any, himself with anything except the food he ate. Man, that would be great. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? I'm looking for that day when I could just not worry about any single thing, and you know, I just worry about what I'm going to have for breakfast or lunch or dinner. But that's how Joseph was being used in this situation. God was using Joseph in the midst of this situation. And that's what I want you to understand. As it says there, God was still blessing Joseph, even though it wasn't the ideal situation, even though it wasn't the dream that he had in the future. God was still blessing Joseph and his life. God was using Joseph to bless those around him like Potiphar. And you know, I'm so blessed we are so blessed to be here at this church, and, and God is using this great body of believers, and I've been blessed to have a great friendship. I, it's amazing. I've been here for 13 years, and God's blessed me and Mark and our friendship, and, and seeing God use him, God's been a blessing to me through Mark, and, and God's used me to hopefully be a blessing to Mark. And I think about all the people on staff, how God has used us and done things through us. I mean, Tracy is a blessing here that we have Tracy leading the praise band. There are so many people that I could go through. You're a blessing because you're serving God. And in the moment of your distress, in the moments of our disappointment, in the times that we can be discouraged and afraid and scared and saying, God, I don't understand. This was the dream that you gave me. I felt like this was the thing that you called me to, and yet I've been denied it. It's been told me, no, I can't do that. And we can feel so discouraged, but yet we can still be a blessing to those around us. We can still help change lives. And let me tell you something else. You don't need a position or a title to be a blessing for God. You can do it wherever God places you. You can be a blessing right where you are. You don't need a title. You don't need a position to make a difference in somebody else's life. Many times, those that make the biggest difference have never had a title, have never had a position. Joseph started his way down and worked his way up, not just once, but twice in the story. And God kept blessing him and blessing those that were around him. I want to tell you today that you can still see the blessings. And sometimes looking for those little blessings in the time of our distress, in times of our disappointment, will give us hope and courage to continue on, to continue to make a difference because the dream is still out there. And I believe that God still has the big dream for you. But it may not be the way you want it to be. 
It may not be the way you think it should be. Think about Joseph. This was not the way he envisioned it, I'm sure. This was not the way he thought you'd go about this dream. But God had a plan, and God had a purpose. But God was still with him, and God was still blessing him. Psalm 42, verse 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise his name, my Savior and my God. There are many times where we can be sad and, you know, it's just dark for us and we can be discouraged. But the thing of it is, is that God can handle our pain. God can handle our anger. God can handle all the things that we go through in this life when we are disappointed. God can handle those things. He can take those things on. And God wants your pain. God wants your sorrow. He wants that relationship with you. He wants to walk you through the disappointment in your life to help you grow and help you be molded. Like Mark said in the video, that there was a time for him to take advantage of the relationship that God had called him to a new purpose, a new plan, a new vision to continue to make a difference in people's lives. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, why should we be downcast? Because God has not forgotten you. Why should we be just so distressed? Because God is still blessing you. God still loves you. God still cares about you. Look at the little things that God is using you to do, how you're making a difference in people's lives. And really, that's what it's all about. I think about my ministry And I think about my ministry, is it more important for me to speak to a crowd like this? Or is it just as important for me to speak to a small group of football players? Or is it just as important to speak to fifth and sixth graders in the fifth and sixth grade class? I tell you, it's all the same. It's all the same. Because every life matters. Every person you impact matters. Don't get discouraged and forget about the blessings that God can use you to be to others. Genesis 39, verse 8, but he refused. With me in charge, oh, let me give you a little context. I I can skip ahead and get excited. But anyhow, the the context of this is that Joseph's doing really well. He's doing really good. His master's not worried about anything. And yet his wife takes notice of Joseph, and he's handsome, and she desires him. And so she puts a move on Joseph, and Joseph refuses time and time again. That's where we're at in the story. It says, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. Everything he owns is entrusted to me, to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. What a great thing in his life that he maintained his integrity. I love the fact that the, last week when we talked about Judah and his sons and how they failed against God, we see somebody doing the right things. And that's the hard thing sometimes with disappointment when you are doing the right things and then still bad things happen to you. Again, it goes with the expectation. Our expectation is if we're doing good and we're trying to live our life right, that nothing bad will happen to us. 
In the skit last week, we talked about the storm still comes, whether your house is built on the rock or whether your house is built on the sand. The, the storms still come in your life. The rains still happen. The ocean's still there. But the fact is, is that we have to maintain our integrity. The easy thing is, is when we're disappointed with God, then we feel like it's a right or it's a privilege to go do whatever we want. And that's not true. One of the main things, if you get anything else from this message is, is if things aren't going right for you and you're discouraged and you're disappointed, focus on your integrity and maintain it. Maintain that integrity throughout your life. Keep on keeping on for the Lord. As we go dive deeper in this story, you know, this doesn't end the way Joseph wants it to end, and he's trying to do the right thing. What else does he say that I love about that scripture is he doesn't say, I'm going to sin so much against Potiphar. He's like, I'm going to sin against God, and I don't want to sin against God. I want to live my life in the right way. What a contrast from last week's message where Judah and his sons were doing the opposite of that. And here Joseph is doing the right thing. In verse 19, it says, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's masters took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph maintained his integrity. Proverbs 10, verse 9, it says this, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whosoever takes a crooked path will be found out. So it's very important for us to walk in integrity. You know, there'll be things that will be said about you. There'll be things that are positive and negative that are said about you no matter what. Imagine this, Joseph being falsely accused when he knows in his heart he he was doing the right thing and being falsely accused of rape. A lot of times we can be so discouraged when things don't work out the way we want them to and we lose hope. But don't worry so much about what people say about you. You can't control that. What you can control is what's inside here and it's your character. Look at that. Build up that integrity so that people will look and see who you really are. And if no one else sees who you are, there is one that always knows who you are. And that is God. God sees you. God knows who you are. So don't worry so much about what people say. Worry about what our Heavenly Father says about us and thinks about us. Genesis 39. We're going to go a little start in verse 20 here for a little bit towards the end of verse 20. But while Joseph was there in prison... The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all the those held in prison. And he, made, he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You know, uh, there's one thing that, that sticks out to me in that passage. It's about responsibility that he was given responsible, he was made responsible. And I think that's an important thing when we're discouraged, when things aren't going our way, when we feel like we're defeated, when we don't understand why this isn't working out the way we want it to. 
the one thing that we need to look at is what responsibilities do we have and are we keeping those responsibilities up? Are we doing the little things that we need to take care of? Taking care of those little items that we can control. We may not be able to control the dream. We may not control the, the, the outcome of whatever happened to us. But we can take responsibility for those things that God has given us to take over. You know, I just think about Joseph, how he could have been just like, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I was, I was a slave and I was trying to serve God. I worked my way up all the way to the top. I had this integrity about me. People liked me. I was, I was, I was doing well. And now I'm right back down in the sewer. Almost worse or probably even worse. How's God going to use me now? I was a slave and now I'm a prisoner. And it would have been so easy for him to give up. But he focused on the responsibilities that he was entrusted to. He, he developed himself, and he took those responsibilities and built and built and built to where he had success. And I think a lot of times when we get discouraged and disappointed, we have to go back and start with the smaller things and work our way back up and focus on those things that we can do. Colossians chapter uh, 3, verse 23 through 25 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. The biggest thing I want you to, fig- uh, to focus on right now is, is favoritism. A lot of times we think and we can evaluate things and like, well, that person's favored or that person's favored or God likes that person better and that, this person God loves more. And that's a tactic of Satan to try to get us to compare each other and be jealous of each other. What it says here in the scripture that I want you to hone in on is that there is no favoritism by God. You know what, God, here's the thing. Say Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of all time, right? Does God, does God look at all the things he did, or does God look at the fact that he was obedient to him? In my life, in comparison, Billy Graham and me, okay? You got Billy Graham over here, and you got, you got little BB right here. That was a weird voice. <laughs> yeah. The fact is, we can be like, well, why is God favoring Billy Graham and not favoring Eric. But God doesn't see it that way. God sees, Billy Graham, did you listen to me? Did you obey me? Did you follow me? Did you handle your responsibilities I've given you? And he looks at me. And he says, Eric, did you follow me? Did you obe- were you obedient to me? Did you listen to me? That's the difference. There is no favoritism. So in everything we do, Everything we do, it should be to honor Christ. It should be to honor God. God doesn't see favoritism. He loves us all. He sees obedience. He sees, did you handle the responsibilities I gave you? Did you do what I gave you well? And did you honor me? Genesis chapter 40, we're moving over to chapter 40 now. Verse 13. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to position. Again, I'm jumping ahead. I apologize. 
Here's the situation. He's in prison. There's two people that got sent to prison that were working with Pharaoh. One was a baker. One was a cupbearer. Okay? So he's got, the, they both have dreams. They're distressed. Joseph knows it and sees it. He says, hey, let me help you out with your dream. So he interprets the one guy's dream, the, the cupbearer first, and then he, later he, he shares with the baker. And it's, the baker, it's not very good news. It's really bad news. But anyhow, we'll get to that here in a second. Verse 13, it says, Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will be put, put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you did, used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. So, you know, it's not like a prison like nowadays. This is not a place you want to be. This is like a dungeon. So when we think about prisons, like with Paul and Silas and all that things, they're not like prisons of the day. So we've got to think back. These were not very good places at all that you'd ever want to be in. Not that you really want to sign up to go to prison either, I'm sure. But anyhow, not a good place, okay? So here's, here's the rest of it in verse 23. It says, the, cu- the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot about him. Think about that. Think about how disappointing that is. God uses him to interpret a dream, and then the timing of this is so long off that it's not, think about this, day after day after day, Joseph's waiting for this dream to come back to him. And oh, by the way, the baker died. He, he was killed. Uh, it wasn't really good news for him. But anyhow, he interpreted his dream, told him the truth. And so day after day after day after day after day, the cupbearer doesn't remember about Joseph. He goes on about his life, doing his job, enjoying life, while Joseph is still in prison. Two years later, when Pharaoh starts having this dream, he's like, oh, oh, I know a guy. I know a guy. Right? He wants to impress the king. He's like, I know somebody. (laughs) And that's when Joseph, things work out for Joseph. But think about that. You may be there in your life right now, God, why, why isn't this working out? Why isn't this happening for me? Why, why it, it, you've called me to this, but it just doesn't seem like I'm getting there. It's not happening. Why isn't it happening for me? That's where we need to be patient and wait upon God because he is working. He's doing some great things. And that's where we really need to hold on to the dream. Hold on to the dream that God has given you. Remember the things that God has told you. and Hold on to the promises of God, but hold on to the dream that you have. It doesn't mean that you should give up on the dream. It doesn't mean you should stop pursuing the dream. And maybe, maybe the dream is not just for you, but to carry on for the next generation. Maybe it's for somebody else to take it and go a different direction or go that direction to complete the dream. I think about the Sunday school class. I think this church has an amazing history of starting out as a Sunday school class, building it from there, and even experiencing the fire like you guys had to experience, and yet God is still doing some really cool things here. What is the generation ahead of us? Where is God going to take this local body of believers? And what dreams do we have that we need to continue to Help the young people to see, to catch the vision and go pursue the dream that God has for them. 
We need to hold on to the dreams that God has given us. Most importantly, we need to hold on to the fact that God is still with us, that God can still bless us, and God can, you know, we need to focus on maintaining our integrity, that the integrity is important to us, and do the responsibilities, the things that God has called us to. Hebrews chapter 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considered him and who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Sometimes I get focused on the top part of that passage, and it's important to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. But I want to look at verse 3 and think about that. Talk about disappointment. Think about Jesus and the disappointment he faced. Because at the Garden of Gethsemane, he was asking God to take the cup from him. He didn't want to go through that. He didn't want to have to experience the pain, the agony, the being forsaken by God. He didn't want to experience the betrayal of his friends. What disappointment Jesus had, saying, hey, I'm going to lay down my life for all these people, and who will care? Who will care and even care about this? They're going to hate me. They're going to hit me. They're going to hurt me. But most, I think most importantly, it was that for being forsaken by God, that God would turn his back on his son. Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. Jesus was disappointed. In this verse, as we look at it again in verse 3, it says, Considered him who endured such opposition from sinners. There was opposition from sinners. No one wanted Jesus to die for them. No one wanted Jesus to present himself as a sacrifice. The people that he loved, the people he cared about, he didn't, no one wanted that. And yet, he still did it. If Jesus experienced disappointment in this life, as Christians, we are going to experience, at times, disappointment. Our expectations are not always going to be met. But that doesn't mean God isn't in it. That doesn't mean that God's not working it out. That God does not have a plan or purpose for us. God has a plan. God has a purpose for your life. He has something for you to do. And even if that dream isn't a reality yet, Keep on serving God. Keep on believing and trusting. Fix your eyes on Jesus. We're going to pass up on that last scripture now, but as we close, you know, just sharing with you that there was a, you know, there's been many disappointments in my life, but as a young teenager and a believer in Jesus, there was a time where I was asking God, God, you know, having cerebral palsy on my left side, I was asking God, God, heal my hand. Just heal my hand. Just heal it. It doesn't work and it doesn't move the way I want it to. It doesn't do those things. I believe in the power of your name. I believe you can heal this hand. Only to face disappointment. Paul, in the scriptures that come to mind was, was you know, my weakness is made perfect, Eric. I don't need your hand to speak for me. I don't need you to have a whole hand to be able to do the things I've called you to do in this life. You can serve me and follow me 
even with your disappointments. So today, whatever struggle you have, whatever thing you're going through, as Ryan comes up and sings a song, one of my favorite songs that I've, actually, maybe Ryan, you don't know this, but maybe you'll play this at my funeral someday. I don't know. But didn't really tell him that. But, but this song just touches me. Because this life is ups and downs. It is, it is going through the valleys and going through the mountaintop experiences like Mark mentioned in the video. It is going through the difficulties of life, but that's where we grow. That's where we can be used by God. And it's through my disappointments, through my suffering, that people know that there's a God in my life and I'm serving the living God. And so the more we allow him to work in our disappointments and our struggles, remember God can handle those. And I understand, and Jesus understands. Jesus understands way better than I do. But sometimes disappointments are hard. And actually, as we go through this, finish out this series, we talk about success, we talk about how to deal with success, we talk about how to deal with failure, and then we talk about how to deal with disappointment. I think disappointment's one of the harder things to really deal with as a follower of Christ. But God understands. God is still at work in your life. And if you have a need today, if, if there's things going on in your life that you need to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I need your help. I invite you to come. I'll pray with you. Somebody else will pray with you. We have Stephen ministers that would be loved to have a chance to pray with you. I want you to understand this. You're not alone. Joseph tells us and teaches us this story about his life. And how there was disappointment after disappointment, but God still used him. His heart breaks. And one of the things that I was going to share with you, and you can look back to, is that he names his sons after the struggles and the hurt and the pain that he's been through, that there's been joy in life too. And I think that's so amazing, that he understands that he has had hard time, he's had suffering, he's had pain, but he's also understanding there's joy and knowing the God that he serves and how God has taken care of him. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. I ask that you would just help us all to be strengthened by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we are here in your midst and you're around us. And when we accept you as Lord and Savior, you live inside of us. And so we are not alone. And we are still blessed by you. Even though those things, we get caught up in the dreams and them not working out or they do work out or whatever they may happen, Lord, you're blessing us. I am blessed by the people I know. I'm blessed by the people I see that are impacted by you. And thank you for using us in our disappointment. Lord, I thank you so much for helping us maintain our integrity. Help me to maintain mine. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinner saved by your grace. And I'm not always the best person. But thank you for loving me and caring for me. Use me. And Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd help me to hold on to the dream. And I can speak for you. And I can keep carrying on and take it one step at a time, trusting you with each obstacle I face. Be with us all this morning. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus, amen.